Welcome to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. We share good news and godly wisdom to empower you to be salt and light in every season of life. When pressure comes, it magnifies who we are inside. Are we Christ-centric? If we want to see genuine revival, we must focus on Christ and His desires instead of our personal preferences to see change. Join Doug as he explains five key actions that create an atmosphere ready for revival that will lead to times of refreshing and renewal. After the episode, check out our show notes on your favorite streaming platform and visit a awardinseasonpodcast.org to download a free 30-day devotional that will encourage you to draw closer to the Lord. If you've gleaned anything from this podcast, consider paying it forward with a gift at somebodycares.org. Now let's join our host, Doug Stringer. Let me begin today's podcast by saying right up front that I'm going to keep the teaching on the five necessities for authentic revival to be pretty brief because I want to take some time to share some things that I believe are important and along with other faith leaders that are calling for urgent prayer for the people of Ukraine and the surrounding region. We've also seen the buildup of potential wars and rumors of wars in other parts of the world. We have seen, in a lack of better terms, a perfect storm with the global pandemic, with dictatorship, with tyrannical leadership, with an all-out assault on our freedoms and liberties. It seems for the last few years there has been the opening of a Pandora's box, as I've shared in the past, that at some point we will all pay the Pied Piper. We are being led down and led astray in some ways by those who we've trusted, institutions, individuals, politicians. We have got to get back to the place of the discernment that God gave Solomon and the place in which we are in the world today, not to walk in fear, but keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We need wisdom and discernment like never before. You know, throughout history, there are reports of great awakenings and revivals. Revivals of the past usually began with a deep hunger and a desire for prayer and intimacy with God. And it usually was born out of a place of tension, concern, challenges, even places of desperation that brought people to a place of repentance and a call to consecration and a renewed sense of holiness before a holy, holy, holy God. So we've seen throughout history that there are great awakenings and revivals, but oftentimes it's not by choice, but it becomes a part of our circumstances. We see today that in the world around us, there's tensions building, there is people's hearts being overwhelmed, and we see the tension that has lived out in reality, even now with the invasion of Ukraine and the buildup of military troops by other nations in various parts of the world, that this is a time for us to truly, out of desperation, call upon the living God. This is the time. This is the hour for us as Christians and believers to take a right posture and to prepare for an authentic outpouring of God's presence and spirit. In fact, I believe it's an important time for God to renew something in His people and to help build His character in and through His church. We are His church. Our hearts that are consecrated for the Lord that contain an outpouring of His presence and spirit like never before. It's time for a circumcision of our hearts, so to speak. It's time for reconsecration of our hearts. It's time for us as God's people to truly recognize that our only hope is not in the institutions of men. Our hope is in the living God. 
God wants to do something so deep in our hearts, empowering His church with the power and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to see transformation in our communities. It is time, I believe, for a genuine passion for God that allows no room for mediocrity in or through us. Any leaven in our hearts, in our lives, must be purged at this time, and we are to be consumed with the love of God and His truth so that we can have His heart for other people. For us to get the wisdom of God, to have the anointing of God that breaks the yokes of bondage, to see people liberated, we need to first get our own posture right on our knees, our hearts towards heaven, our hands towards heaven, our faces towards the ground in humility. We need God's presence like never before. I want to talk on some of the essentials for authentic outpouring and revival. We're going to be brief on this, but then I'm going to come back and I want to read to you from an initial article by which many faith leaders, including myself, were quoted after the initial full-out Russian invasion of Ukraine and the potential consequences to each and every one of us, regardless of your political persuasion, regardless of your nationality, regardless of where you live and your stature in life. The fact is that we all will suffer the consequences if we don't stop pushing our snooze buds. We must awaken for a time such as this. This is our moment. This is our opportunity to let the life and the light of Christ shine in and through us. It is time for an outpouring of God's presence. It's time for revival. So let me just share about some of the essentials, I believe, for revival, at least five essentials, or I guess I could say the five necessities for genuine revival. When pressure comes, pressure magnifies. And when pressure magnifies, we have to be careful not to respond according to our natural personal preferences or inclinations. The centrality of the cross is important and to be Christ-centric and not ethnocentric or political centric or, or all these other things. We need to be Christ-centric, don't we? I was thinking of Matthew 12, 25, that every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. And I believe that the heart of a community, be it rural or, or urban or the heart of a state or a nation, should be the church. And if we are going to see the soul of a community or a nation impacted, it has to start with the heart reinvigorated because the heart needs to be alive if we're going to change the soul of our communities. So that's been the challenge, isn't it? And, but one of the things about the importance of the book of Joel and that it only consists of three chapters, and yet it was written as a wake-up call to a nation in crisis. And I believe that even though we knew it then, we prayed for it then, we're living in a time where I think it is magnified more now than ever. And a lot of things we've all been reading saying, well, someday we're going to see this, 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 and this. But now we're living out many of those things in a global context. And when so many leaders are discouraged, in fact, many years ago, when James Dobson had said that 1,500 pastors were leaving the ministry every month uh, for various reasons, I don't think any leader sets out to say, I can't wait to fail, but things happen in life. And then leaders get discouraged and they allow compromise. And for whatever reason, 1,500 pastors were leaving. Now we see that even Barna others say it's well over 1,700. Whatever the number is, if anywhere near that number, every month, just in America alone, you have the United States, that's a leadership crisis. That's a vacuum. And that's why it's so important for us to be intentional, to encourage one another in the Lord. Even in our disagreements, we have far more in common together in Christ. If we recognize that we can cross our racial, denominational, generational lines to meet at the cross of Christ, 
to be at the centrality of the cross, to be Christ-centric, to become part of something greater than ourselves, then I think we have the beginnings of a great outpouring. And, you know, we look at Azusa Street, uh, we look at all these great revivals, the Welsh revivals, even 100 years before uh, Evans Roberts, 100 years before the forerunner to the Welsh revival, 100 years before was uh, Edward Irving, 100 years before Evans Roberts. And in another Welsh revival, there was an outpouring. We've seen so many, and they usually come during or after times of crisis. And so we're ripe right now for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, I believe. But one of the things we did cover in all of our solemn assemblies that we've been a part of and helping to facilitate was one, we need a revelation of God's presence again. Everything we do must be born out of presence. Prayer, as Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole used to say, prayer produces intimacy to whom you pray, for whom you pray, and with whom you pray, because agreement's a place of power. We need a revelation of God's presence and a renewed revelation of the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection. Number two, we need to personally take reflection of our personal corporate areas of vulnerabilities and to be brutally honest. In my book, Leadership Awakening, as you know, I've, I've written about that, that we have to be brutally honest with our own human frailty. That God's not looking for our perfection, but he is a perfect God doing a work of perfection in and through us. And we just have to be honest with God and walk in that place of humility, confidence in him and not in our flesh. And then the third thing that I, we prayed about in all of our psalm assemblies and these stadium events was a place of reconciliation. But how can we reconcile to one another if we aren't truly walking in humble uh, reconciliation with God? You know, through one, we become one new man, a corporate body. But at first, it was because of Christ, because of our separation with God, a, Jesus, the man, came that we might become a new creature in Christ, a creation in Christ, and corporately become one new man. There is a something about the ministry of reconciliation. We are called, uh, and even as I, I think about the book of Acts, when Paul was relating to when he was Saul and he was knocked off the animal and Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And then he said, I revealed myself to you with this purpose, to be a witness and a minister of the things you have seen and the things you have yet to see. And when I thought about that, every one of us have a Damascus Road experience at some point. And that moment, we have a new calling from God. When, when we get the revelation of the work of the cross, the power of the resurrection, then we personally have a new purpose, that we are to be witnesses, and a true witness rescues lives, Proverbs 14.25 says. So we are to be true witnesses who know how to rescue lives and save souls, but also to be ministers. What is a minister? Not just the pulpit ministry, but we're all called to be ministers of reconciliation. We've been reconciled to God. We're called to the ministry of reconciliation. And the fourth thing we prayed about was authentic revival. Charles Finney used to say that revival is no more a miracle than a crop of wheat. What he's saying is, look, the real miracle is not in the harvest of the revival or, or seeing revival happen. It is actually the planting, the obedience of planting the seed and God doing the miracle in the seed that brings it forth to harvest. And so if we would be faithful to plant and to water and to fertilize and to tend to what God has given us, then God will bring forth revival in the land because we need a heart awakening if we're going to see an awakening in our nations. And then finally, number five, we have what we used to pray about is reformation. In the reform of Josiah, 622, 623 BC, and the reform of Josiah, we see that it was a good thing that King Josiah saw that things had been out of order. He legislated law. He came in and changed things. 
But Zephaniah, contemporary with Jeremiah, said, you know, this is a good thing, but it won't last unless you deal first with the inward corruption of the heart. And I think it's important for us to see true reformation and changes the culture has to be starting in our own hearts and asking God to do a renewed work in us in that place of authenticity and honesty with God so that God can do a work in us, we so can do a work through us. So reformation will never last if we try to legislate reformation reforms, but it can only last if we deal with the heart issues and get a heart awakening in the church. And then finally, through times of authentic repentance and humility comes times of refreshing. We need a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit today more than ever. And that's why I want to encourage each of you leaders today that your place and value in the kingdom is needed more now than ever before. Let us remember that great landmark moment of when we got the revelation of the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection. Remember that moment. And so no matter what we go through, all of our discouragements, that that moment, if we can remember that moment where Jesus revealed himself to us and we were called into this great privilege of calling, if we can remember that moment, then everything else we've ever been through, he can take us through because we don't forget that great moment in which he revealed himself to us. I want to encourage you, pastors, business leaders, friends, that we need your leadership. There is a leadership vacuum in, in the culture in which we're living. Many are becoming discouraged. May I encourage you that you're not alone, that God is doing a work in you. We need you more now than ever. People are watching in ways you don't realize. And even through the pandemic and through all the challenges, it's awakening us to the realization that our hope is in the Lord Christ Jesus, our hope of glory Christ in us. Amen. In conclusion of our podcast today, I would like to read a few of the prayers and the comments by faith leaders. Last week, we began to see the tensions continue to arise. We've heard things happening in our own countries, and of course, the United States where I live, the increase of costs of food, increase of the cost of just basic necessities, the increase of the cost of fuel. And those things have begun to take its toll on so many people. But then we began to see the incredible tension, our hearts being overwhelmed by seeing the situation happening on the border of Russia and Ukraine and surrounding regions. In fact, when I got up on Thursday morning and received a message from Charisma News, I was quick to say, yes, I'll respond because I'd been percolating in my heart all night long, grieving and praying and joining so many others, praying for people. So let me read to you a little bit of the comments. Governor Glenn Youngkin of Virginia tweeted out, Putin's invasion of Ukraine is an assault on a sovereign nation and will have devastating consequences for Ukrainian citizens. This senseless, unprovoked attack undermines democracy worldwide, and we must hold Russia accountable, and we pray for the Ukrainian people and for peace. Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, a Christian and the former U.S. ambassador of the United Nations, said, Even on our worst day, we are blessed to live in America. We should be all supporting the Ukrainian people in their quest for freedom. Putin and Russia is a sick thug who doesn't like freedom knocking on his door. We should support President Zelensky as he stands up to the bullying from Russia. We are always right when we fight on the side of freedom. Here's my quote. It says in the article, Doug Stringer, founder of Somebody Cares International, a worldwide humanitarian organization, says believers around the globe, especially those in America, cannot ignore this dire situation. I go on to say, the world watches Ukraine, a sovereign nation being threatened and under attack by Russia. Personally, my heart aches 
as I've been reading posts of desperate prayer requests from friends and ministries in the region, and I join in prayer with many for the Lord's intervention. But sadly, many in our own nation of America are going about business as usual, and we don't even realize the urgency and consequence of what is being unleashed and the chain reaction of events that affects each of us and all of us. I've been reminded of and praying from King Hezekiah's example in Isaiah 37. He said, This is a day of trouble, distress, and blasphemy concerning the attack and threats upon his nation at his time. He also spreads out those threats before the Lord, and he prays, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God, you alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. So incline your ear, even your eyes, O Lord, and see and hear. Now, therefore, O Lord, our God, save us from his hand, the hand of the enemy, that is, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord, you alone are God. No doubt that by the time you hear this podcast, much more would have transpired. Yet the call to humble repentance and prayer and intercession must continue in each and every one of us. Would you join with me and join with many others as we pray for the outpouring of God's presence? We need a worldwide move of God. That doesn't mean that the whole world's going to change overnight, but it does mean that we can join our hearts, join our prayers for God to move in such a way that lives are being transformed. We need revival. And we can't bring a revival by ourselves around the globe, but we can start with our own lives, start our own homes, start our own families with a posture of humility in prayer, hands raised towards heaven, our hearts given over to the Lord as we seek God in a fresh and renewed way, that we would seek our first love and we would ask God to let his light so shine in each and every one of us, it would draw others close to him. But also in that place of the hidden place of intercession, may we also begin to cry out and pray that there would be those who be on site for insight, that there would be a discernment and an insightfulness, and that even those who are in positions of influence, including governmental leaders, would come to their senses. Scripture is so clear that we would live in a day where people would be seared of conscience. They would not even be sensible anymore. But would you pray and join with me in prayer with others as well, that God would open the eyes of the blind, God would change hearts, God would change minds, and it starts by us being a tangible expression of Christ to those around us and our neighbors and the workplace, but also with our voice speaking loudly of injustice and speak the truth in love, season it with grace, but speak the truth nonetheless. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today and continue to pray as we see God move in the midst of the most difficult of circumstances. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.